0: You're listening to America's Web Radio on the AmericasBroadcastNetwork.com. Thank you for listening.
1: For the next hour, you're listening to the Classic Auto Mall show and podcast, broadcast from the Classic Auto Mall studio in Morgantown, Pennsylvania. Classic Auto Mall is a world-class facility conveniently located just an hour west of Philadelphia and houses 600 classic cars for sale and 300 barn finds on display. Be sure to check out more at ClassicAutoMall.com. Now, on to the show with our host, President of Classic Auto Mall, Stuart Howden.
2: And good morning, Classic Auto Mall listeners, and good morning to Steve. And Ethan's not with us this morning. He's under the weather. That's right. Over the weather, under the weather, beside the weather. Yes. He's beside himself. I'm standing here beside myself. It was snowing this morning, and of course, I took the new car home and not even realizing that I should pay attention to what the weather says because it's probably really not good to drive it in the snow. It's got a little too much power, but I digress anyway, welcome to the show this morning. We've got the uh, this is show number seventy seven which is uh, we're recording on february the twenty fifth and it's like twenty eight degrees outside and snowing, and uh, hopefully when it airs next week when you actually hear this weather will be nicer, and the events that I'm going to tell you about will be long gone. Is that right? Yeah, the Reading Fairgrounds Historical Society is here with all the dirt track oh. cars and uh, they're all here today, uh, February the 25th. They're here every year and it's a tribute to all the cars that raced at the Reading Fairgrounds back in the day and there's all kinds of interesting history and books and magazines and pictures and articles and you name it. It's really just uh, an amazing uh, amount of racing history and that has a lot to do with the success of what happens here in southeast pennsylvania oh thank you good um because why it's such a car culture because the racing was so prevalent back here back in the day between english town up over in jersey and and redding fairground and maple grove with the drag racing langhorne Langhorne and lebanon and all these places um were were really on the kind of the cutting edge of racing back in the day and and i think that's just carried over into this area for for many 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 years so uh congrats to those guys for keeping that legacy alive at the reading fairground also this weekend is the detroit autorama with the riddler award which is a guy spends a million dollars to build a 1936 or 40 ford i think uh most of the winners had been if you're not familiar with the Riddler Award, it's like they pick eight cars out of this car show in Detroit, and it's the pr- one of the premier shows, if you will, for uh, uh, hot rod and custom build cars.
3: So it's like the Boyd-Coddington type yeah, thing.
2: yeah, yeah. And last or year before last was the 63 Chevy two-door station wagon that won, which was interesting because – that's not typically what you'd see as a winner in here. Normally, you'd see a thirty-nine Oldsmobile or a forty Ford coupe, or a you know a, a thirty-five or thirty-six Ford. And so, to see something kind of outside the box is interesting because it seems to be that a lot of these car uh, event shows, if you will, Riddler Award like the Detroit Autorama, uh, the Grand National Roadster Show out in Pomona, or even Concord Elegances are starting to shift. Uh, what wins and and what's what's important anymore, and so used to be it would be a certain type of car, whether it be a concord, it would be a pre war car now you're starting to see that change a little bit and it's interesting because some of the cars that you see that are not in the category of where you would expect to win are so well done. I mean and it's amazing that the level that you have to go to in order to win a Concours or to be a, a, invited to the Riddler Award America's Most Beautiful Roadster AMBR you know it is blood sweat and tears and mm-hmm. some pay for it and some do it themselves so and either way is cool. You know, if you've got a hot rod builder who wants to build you something, then, you know, have at it and let him build it for you, and you can take all the credit.
3: <laughs> We've got some nice hot rods here, not to toot our own horn, there, but there are some nice open-wheel, you know, coupe, Ford coupes, and one beautiful one just I see here, just came in this week. Yeah, uh,
2: yeah. We've gotten some uh, amazing cars in, of course. And, uh you know, it's one of those things that the – we're up to a 1,000. What was the number I just saw? It was crazy. I couldn't even... Not 1,000. I'm wrong. 929 Oh, just 929. On. Yeah, so we're slacking a little bit. Yeah, what's up? But with the 200 barn finds in the building, that puts us well over 1,100 cars in the facility. And we're starting to slowly but surely uh gain a little more space with regards to the barn find cars some of the cars that are behind the curtains that nobody's ever seen that that aren't going to be missed uh but are here kind of from a storage standpoint are going to we're going to pull them out and gain us some room here mm-hmm. which we desperately need because if you've been here lately the halls are quite packed <laughs> you know watch your keys when you walk yeah, watch your keys place. your belt buckle right. your, you know your Levi's your lanyard, your lanyard for yep. the show uh because we're 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 running out of room a little bit, but it seems like every time I start to panic about running out of room, we gain a little room somewhere else or a few cars sell, or you know whatever mm-hmm. happens to be the case, so speaking of cars selling Look at that Segway beautiful <laughs> yeah, wasn't that brilliant, yep, I'm like a Segway king. <laughs> How about Lauderdale, Mississippi, Princeton, West Virginia, Ridge, New York, Manchester, Maryland, Riverside, California, McKinleyville, California, Medford, Oregon, Hamburg, New York, Brookville, Maryland, Reading, Pennsylvania, Carbondale, Colorado, Willow Grove, Pennsylvania, Morgantown, Morgantown. No way. Yeah. York, Pennsylvania, and Willow Street, Pennsylvania. And uh, so a little bit... uh, Lighter than the week before, yeah, so, but but it it's it ebbs and flows. Only eight states this week, <laughs> as like, opposed to thirteen or fourteen last week. But it, it, it happens. It's like the tide. It ebbs. It flows. It ebbs and flows. Yeah. The cheapest car we sold was thirty five hundred dollars. Wow. It was actually a project Jeep. Okay. Willys, and the most expensive was fifty seven thousand and change, uh, and a little bit of everything in between. Nice. So we you know we continued to prove that we've got something for everybody. So whether it's a barn fund and a project or or one that's kind of a daily driver or one that needs a little bit of work that can be driven, that's my most f- favorite mm-hmm. uh, car. If you're going to restore a car, I like to buy one that is running and driving, not in boxes. And you can enjoy it and get to kind of know the car a little bit before you restore it because... If you buy a car that 's completely in boxes and you take it to some guy or you do it yourself and three years later you 've still never driven the car, you might lose a little interest in it mm-hmm. you know it's, it's e- easy to to start thinking, well, you know maybe i don 't know this is maybe more than I want to take on it 's taken longer than I thought i can 't find this particular part so what I say is buy something that runs and drives it enjoy it or, you know for a couple months maybe or six months or for a season. And then start the restoration process. Otherwise, you end up like those guys on Barn
3: Find Hunter <laughs> who have 16 cars in a field somewhere that they knew they were going to get to.
2: Right. That's they what
3: lost interest.
2: That's why most cars are in a field because somebody <laughs> was going to get to them, but they didn't quite get right. to them. Right. And it's like my stack of books and magazines on my desk. <laughs> it's I'm going to get to them exactly. one of these days. You know, it's like the Wall Street Journal. My dad gave me a subscription one year, and they just stacked up. It was like I had a whole room <laughs> full of Wall Street journals I couldn't keep caught up. And I felt guilty to throw them away. Right. Because,
3: That's <laughs> because, how I feel about car magazines. So. Right,
2: right. You know, there's got to be
3: an article in here that I'd want to keep.
2: Yeah, except everything is possibly everyone knows on the Internet. Although it isn't that completely true uh that everything that you ever want to know is on the internet there's certain books that I have that decode cars mm-hmm. that you can't find on the internet have some history on cars that you generally you might find a little something but you you're not quite sure of the accuracy the nice thing with some of these books that you have it's a you know a well-known author who is you know their thoroughness of their research uh will allow them to you know s- they're more correct, or are expected to be more correct than you would find probably on some blog or something online. Not to say that there's anything wrong with that, right? But it's the fact that that you know just because it says it on the internet does not make it so. <laughs> <laughs> it's true, you know. So uh some of the new inventory we got in this week, we got a um, a seventy four Chevrolet Corvette Coupe. Okay, you say okay, red mm-hmm. over white, factory L eighty two car, leather interior, rally wheels. Okay. Owned, not previously owned, but currently owned by John Bon Jovi. Currently owned by John <laughs> yeah. Bon Jovi. Bought it for his son, and, uh, he had a friend of a friend, uh, is, uh, you know, one of our good clients, and so he brought it down for John, and hopefully we're going to bring John down. I tell him we're not going to give him a check when it sells until John actually comes, <laughs> and John, if you're listening, come be on the podcast, and we'll give you your money. Yeah. But anyway. That would be cool. Uh, yeah. How cool is that? Yeah, very so, cool. Yeah, wow. yeah, I'm going to so, have to videotape that yeah, car. Yeah, I today. think that's a good idea, because yep. I think that gives you a little bit of um cachet. It does. It's provenance. <laughs> provenance. And, you know, it's funny, because you could walk past that car. And say, oh, 74 Corvette. Okay. Right. You know, that's kind of getting to the malaise area of, uh, you know, time of, of cars when the horsepower wasn't as high and, you know, things were starting to peter out, if you will. Yeah. And, uh, so you might overlook that car unless you knew of the provenance, you know. And then we also got a, uh, it's not on my list, but an SD 455 Trans Am. Oh, really? Yeah. Buccaneer white. Okay. Yeah. With the blue stripes and the honeycomb mm-hmm. wheels and the engine turned dash. Which I'd forgotten about those. That nice plastic sticker that they put on. Yeah, right. It's not even metal. No, it is not. Of course it's not. Why would it be metal? The one in the cord is metal. I looked at the cord. It is metal. And it metal. has like a
3: real metal turned it, 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 dashboard. And I think that's where the Trans Am.
2: Yeah, that was copied, co- copied it from copied the cord. They something. held it. John DeLorean held that in his pocket, but for 30 something years yeah. before he, you know, decided to copy the cord. It's cool. We have a cool cord Westchester here yeah. you know, that we featured before. And it's a beautiful car. It's a non-factory color paint. It's a, Icy, silvery, grayish, bluish, blah, blah, blah. Miles deep. Miles deep, as Peter likes to say. You could dive into it, it. Is. and it really is. And you know, it's it's not easy to have miles deep paint on a car, and especially if it's a black car. Mm-hmm. My new black car has a few paint swirls in it I noticed. Does so it? we're going to have to work you on it. You have a
3: detailer that. somewhere?
2: <laughs> we might have a detailer somewhere. Our detailer comes in. He get, he comes to work before I go to bed at night. Mm-hmm, really? He's <laughs> like you're at 5:15. You know, I hear that alarm being turned off on my phone. I get the notification. It's right. like Good lord.
3: Some <laughs> people a, like to work that way. <laughs> they, I guess.
2: A little quiet, peace and quiet, I guess. Yeah. Not have to listen to me all day. <laughs> yeah.
3: Or have people looky-loose looking yeah. at me like, hey, you missed a spot.
2: Yeah. Oh, and you know, uh, you want to do mine next? Yeah. You never, you never have heard that, right? right? That's, that's like a first. So, uh, another car we got in was another Corvette, uh, 69 Corvette Coupe. Daytona yellow over black, mm-hmm. uh, numbers matching 427, 390 horse V8, numbers matching Muncie M20 manual, frame off restoration, correct coded rear end. That may or may not be the original rear end, and that's the thing when we say correct coded, meaning that the, the code number – Indicates that it would have been a built around the time that the car was built. It right. doesn't necessarily mean that it was the one that came with the car. Uh, sometimes those numbers are accessible, and sometimes they aren't. General Motors wasn't great at keeping records back then. Ford did a great job, which is what Kevin Marty uses for the Marty Report that you see about cars. Mm-hmm. And uh, Jim Wagner for the uh, Pontiac Historical Society. That's not right. Jim Wagner. What is his name? Uh -uh. I can't think of it now. I'll have to look that up so I'll get it right. Anyway, Jim from Pontiac Historical Society. And one of the things that we talked about this in the past, and we will continue to talk about it, is the fact that just because it has a Marty report, just because it has a Pontiac Historical Society, PHS Docs, doesn't mean that's what's in the car now. Mm. It tells you what the car was born with. Right. And that's great. And that's wonderful to know that and to know that it, the color originally came and all the different things that you need to know, which are on a trim tag on the Mustang as well. Mm-hmm. <coughs> Excuse me. But... It doesn't mean because you have that paperwork that your car is all original. And we hear people say that all the time. Well, it's got PHS docs, so it's all original. No, you have documentation that shows what came in the car. That doesn't mean that's still in the car. And so you have to be really, really careful with language within this hobby because people will say things – you know, uh 22,000 believed to be original miles. Well, believed to be means that they don't really know. Right. And, and listen, I get it. I, I understand. That's part of it. You don't always know. A lot of these states, cars that are 10 years old or older, they mark exempt on the mileage. So, you know, unfortunately. Right. We should do a segment on TMU,
3: which yeah. you have a on a lot of cars, because yeah. there's different reasons for it, not just a new engine. But. Yeah.
2: Well, and, and not only that, TMU reconstructed titles that you get with street rods that kind of throw people off a little bit. We had a little bit of an issue with a gentleman uh, a couple of weeks ago who bought one and thought it was, a, a you know, a a salvage title and it wasn't so uh when we return we'll talk about some of our some more of our new inventory tell you a little bit more about uh, things coming on going on here uh, in the next couple of months talk to you in a minute
3: call jc taylor today for a competitive quote on collector car insurance give your most prized possessions the attention that they deserve you'll receive agreed value coverage giving you the peace of mind to know you're always protected J.C. Taylor has been supporting the hobby with reliable service that has lasted for six decades. Call 888-ANTIQUE or visit jctaylor.com slash awr to get a quote today. That's 888-268-4783 or visit jctaylor.com slash awr. Drive through time with peace of mind.
1: J.C. Taylor. It's a museum, it's a showroom, it's an experience. The Classic Auto Mall in Morgantown, Pennsylvania is 336,000 square feet of rare, custom, and specialty automobiles on display and on consignment. From the earliest production cars to modern exotics, Classic Auto Mall is a feast for the eyes and the memories. Stroll through time in any season in this climate-controlled facility that you simply have to see to believe. Admission is free. Just remember to bring comfortable shoes.
0: You're listening to America's Web Radio on the AmericasBroadcastNetwork.com. Thank you for listening. And we're back with a classic auto-mall
2: podcast on a beautiful, cloudy day. It's 34 degrees outside, freezing, snowing. That snow, Well, we got a little bit. it said it was snowing here, but when I woke up this morning, but it's a great day to bring home a brand new car. It is a great day to bring home a brand new car and put it in the garage and get it prepped and ready. You won't be tempted to take it out yet because yeah. it, the weather might be a little inclement, so you'll be tempted to do all the things you should do when you buy a car, and that's go through <laughs> it a little bit and learn it and know it and understand it. These guys call all the time and want to take a car. you know, hey, will that car make it to Florida? Well, it probably will, but it's not a very good idea to get in a car you've never driven, never spent any time with, and go drive 900 miles or 800 miles yeah. or whatever it is down to Florida. It's not probably the most – it's just not a good idea. Because if something goes wrong along the way, you're going to get, first of all, a bad taste in your mouth for mm-hmm. the car, which may be no fault of the car. Um, and finding parts might be difficult. You're just better off to be – in a in in a comfortable environment at home where you know what where you can order parts and you don't have to have it and you don't have to get home today and if the part doesn't get there for 3 or 4 days that's okay too. So it's one of those things that um it's it's important for people to know that because I think a lot mm-hmm. of people just assume that oh it'll be a, it'll be no problem. We'll make it, you know. And and most of these cars haven't driven that far in a long long time. Right. You know, you got a 57 Bel Air convertible. I don't think it's driven 900 miles in the last 20 years, most likely. You right. know, so that's the problem you run into. Uh, some more new inventory mm-hmm. we got in this week. Another Viper, a 2003 SRT10 convertible. Viper red over black. 2,651 actual miles. It says garage kept. Yeah, you would pretty much just assume that, yeah, right. <laughs> that low of miles, that well maintained, it wasn't sitting out on the side of the road. So
3: this is different than the one we had at the Philly Auto Yeah, Show?
2: the blue, uh, we had the blue GTS at the Philly Auto Show, didn't we? Or didn't no, we, we had a red, a, red yeah. and
3: black convertible. Yeah.
2: That would be the same one. Oh, right, same probably. one. Yeah. yeah.
3: Less, th- I was less than 5,000 miles. Yeah. It's unbelievable. Actually less than 3,000 miles. Yeah. It's a beautiful
2: car. Less than 2,700 miles. It sounds good. It does sound good. Wow, one so. owner, 8.3 liter V10, 505 horsepower. A six speed manual. It's, uh, like new. It is. <laughs> it
3: smells, it still smells new on the inside. Yeah. What's
2: well, that new car smell is just plastics <laughs> rotting your brain. Yeah. <laughs> but,
3: clogging up your windshield. Yeah. Off gazing.
2: Yeah. Off yeah, Whatever that means. So, uh, another one we got in, which is kind of different for us, or not different, but, uh, different from what we're talking about today. A 1931 Ford Model A huckster woody it's red and black over black it's an aaca national senior winner expertly restored it's got the 201 cubic inch four-cylinder it's got i won't say flawless but this is close to flawless steel and oak that you'll ever see better than new interior owned by our dear friend uh, who we sold quite a few cars for over the years and he always brings us great and interesting stuff and uh, and this is one that uh, you want to check out, the 31 Ford Model A Huckster. Plus, it has some plastic fruit in the back, so it looks like it's oh, does it? being a huckster. Huckstering was, you know, selling stuff out of your car I was going to ask you. I it? guess. Is that where it
3: know. came from? I don't know. They sell stuff, right? I think so. I think you're right. I think yeah. you're right.
2: Hey, I'm getting huckstered.
3: It doesn't have to do with Huckleberry. No. What's his name?
2: Huckleberry Finn.
3: Huckleberry Finn. That's the thing. <laughs> What's the, the cartoon? Huckleberry Hound.
2: Huckleberry Hound. It has nothing to do with h- any of the Huckleberries. No. It's Huckster. It's and selling. In the movie Tombstone, which is one of my favorite Western mm-hmm. movies, which you've never seen any movies, so you wouldn't know. Right. But uh, one of the lines is Val Kilmer is Doc uh, Holliday, and he says, I'll be your Huckleberry. I, <laughs> and there's some meaning to it, and I don't know what it is, and I wish I hadn't brought it up, because now you're going to ask me what it means, and I don't know. Right. Uh, the other car is apropos to uh, our event that's here this weekend and that's the 1968 Silver Crown champ car. Have you seen this thing? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. It yeah. is. Black on black. Yep. It's cool. It's really cool. Um you know, Warden Watson 1968 build uh which were uh well-known builders back in the day for dirt track and and, car, and champ cars. Mm-hmm. Uh it's got race history um you know which is which is important. I mean if you have a car that's a race car uh and, and i know this sounds pretty simplistic but it's important to have the race history of it if it and so and did have race history mm-hmm. uh because a lot of times you know if if you don't have any kind of documentation on the race history that does affect the value of a car you know if you can show that it was you know raced uh in a particular race or or driven at a certain track or for whatever um it's it's important because some of these cars were built and not only, not necessarily these dirt cars, but more uh, along the lines of some of these Indy cars and, and, and NASCAR cars that were built For reasons other than to race. So they were built as a mule to test parts. Or they were built as one that went around and went to the local grand opening of the Piggly Wiggly.
3: Mm -hmm, Right.
2: (laughs) You wondered how I was going to get that in today. (laughs) Piggly Wiggly. I was. was. It reminds me of a funny story. Do you want me to tell a funny story? Sure. So my ex-father-in-law. law we got 45 minutes, don't we? My ex-father-in-law was... If you don't know, it was country singer Mel Tillis. Mama Mel. Mama Mel Tillis. Tillis, and Mel was on the Tonight Show with Johnny Carson one night with uh, Ella Fitzgerald and Tony Bennett. And so, at the end of the show, Johnny, helping promote whoever the comedian or the the entertainer that was on the show, would always ask, "Where are you going to be next week? Or where's your next gig?" And so Johnny first asked Ella Fitzgerald, and she said, oh, thank you, Johnny. She said, we're doing five nights at uh, Carnegie Hall. right?" And, uh, yeah, oh, fantastic. What a great venue. And he said to Tony Bennett, and where will you be next week, Tony? Tony says, well, we're doing three nights at Madison Square Garden and uh, <laughs> See, here in New York. <laughs> and great. then he turned to Mel. He said, Mel, what are you doing next year? He says, uh, I'm p- playing at the uh, Grand Open of a Piggly Wiggly in Spartanburg, South Carolina. <laughs> <laughs> and, of course, the whole crowd just oh, loved it. Weird. I mean, he was that down-home, you know. Funny see, thing was, he probably wasn't going, yeah. playing the opening <laughs> yeah, of Piggly Yeah, yeah. It just... Absolutely. It wasn't a joke. He <laughs> actually was with the way he said it in delivery uh-huh. and all that. So, anyway, sorry for the digression there. Yep. Uh, the um, Silver Crown Champ car that we have, 350 uh, V8, alcohol-fueled, <laughs> um, it's got an Edelbrock four-barrel and a turbo-hydromatic 350, which usually you see. I thought you usually saw two-speed power glides in these, but maybe I'm not wrong. Uh, winter's quick-change rear axle. um it's been all rebuilt and set up to run on gasoline um, hmm. you know regular gas, so you don't have to you know make yourself crazy and trying to find alcohol
3: and you could vintage race it if you want you
2: could to. vintage race it i'm certain i don't yep. know what the dirt track heritage thing mm. is with racing and that kind of thing but i'm i'm sure that it's something so my um it was funny. I got this weird thing from my insurance agency uh-huh. for my car insurance. I actually have <laughs> you're overextended. Yeah, you, you have got too many cars. We can't, we can't. We can't. Yeah, you're costing us money. Right. So eight driving myths debunked. Eight driving is what myths. I get from my debunked. local. Yeah. Okay, Ed. Right. <laughs>
1: Whoa, good
2: stuff. Um. So out of the blue, you know this this insurance company because. You have to have one car in your name, and you know what I mean by that. You can't be a car dealer and have all your cars that you drive owned by the dealership with a dealer tag on them. Okay. That's... There's some law or some unspoken rule or something, mm-hmm. I don't know, that you're supposed to have a car titled in your name, insured in your own name. So I always do it. I don't know if it's actually true or not, but I do it because I don't, you know, I hate to get in trouble for something. That of course. would cause cause any trouble. But anyway, so my insurance company sends us this eight driving myths debunked. Number one, there are more car accidents during a full moon. Weird. No, it's not true. Oh, it's not true? No. <laughs> oh, it's a myth. We're debunking. We're debunking. We're sorry, debunking sorry. these things. I never heard that one. Yeah. You've never heard the word debunking? No, I never
3: <laughs> I never heard the full moon uh, myth.
2: <laughs> yeah. Um, Sunday drivers cause more accidents. That's not true either.
3: Mm.
2: <laughs> Gosh, am I really putting you to sleep well, here? Well, no, or? it
3: depends on what you define Sunday driver. but that We're we, ra- we, wanna, yeah.
2: you know, we have a lot of people out here. That's so. absolutely right. Red cars cost more to insure. Uh But the color of your your vehicle is not one of them. But for some reason, some people think that red cars cost more to insure because people get more tickets in red cars because they that stand true? out more. I don't. Know. Is that true? That might be a. That's probably not. That's probably true too. I
3: mean, it catches your eye. Yeah, and, and does it catch a police? I mean, police use radar now, yeah, so it doesn't really
2: matter. A charcoal gray car, but you might you might see something that you might. Turn your head and cause you to point the radar at that yeah, car because so. it's red. I guess so. <laughs> you know, so we'll see. A lot of Ferraris and Corvettes are red. How about this one? You should change your oil every three thousand miles.
3: Okay. So, <laughs> oh, I was I'm still
2: at- doing it. <laughs> of course you are, because you're old school.
3: <laughs> right. Except, well, except on the super modern stuff like the modern Mini and stuff.
2: Yeah. Now they're five to five thousand. Yeah, to ten. Yeah. and even then they say that the that it's not it's not as It's not as necessary as it used to be. Right. So, you know, it's one of those things that, but we all grew up. My dad, I can never, ah, hear him today. Mm -hmm. 3,000 miles, get that old, have you had your old change? Just drive me crazy. My dad, too. He would would change it. Oh, my God. Oh, my dad wouldn't do that. He would make me do it, but he would, (laughs) or make me get it done, or make me prove that I got it done. He learned how to do it, but, uh, uh, there's also a thing with car sitting.
3: Too long. Sure. I mean, if you don't use it, and the oil is sitting there, it loses some viscosity over time.
2: Yeah, and they say that that's why they put on your little oil change sticker that they put in your upper window: mm-hmm. three thousand miles, or mm-hmm. May the fifth, two thousand twenty-four, right. or whatever. So. That way you can, if you haven't driven it very often, then you know that what time frame, that the probably time to change the oil. And of course, you know, it's like Ferraris, you 15,000 mile service, you do it 5,000 miles. Mm -hmm. If the age of it is over X amount of years. Plus
3: synthetic oil probably has a lot to do with extending uh, life. life
2: I would say so. I think the the oil in a couple of my cars is recommended mobile one, Mm -hmm. which is. Oh yeah. I, arguably still the greatest oil or, I mean, still, I don't know.
3: Still good and there's a lot of good synthetics out there.
2: Yeah. I mean, it's not just them anymore. So, and, uh, and our gas station down the corner, did you see this? I'm segueing to that. That was a terrible segue, <laughs> but I don't care. Um, it's changing from Exxon to Sunoco. Oh, is that right? Yeah. Is Sunoco better gas? I I think they're both top
3: tier. I think they are. I think oh, and there's no, a website where you can uh, plug in a gas station and see if right, it's top tier. No, right. I forget what it's called. Top
2: tier gas. Could I'll do. have nothing but the top tier, please. You
3: know, as opposed to like Sheets.
2: <laughs> no, no offense to Sheets. No we really to like Sheets. Or Wawa. Or Wawa. I get their or, gas something. Turkey but, Hill.
3: Or Turkey Hill. Oh, we do get gas.
2: Well, I like it down here at the Exxon station because they pump your gas for you. They do. That is nice. <laughs> I mean, now, in Jersey, it's still a law. Why is that?
3: I don't know. It's God. so antiquated. You can't get out of your car in Jersey.
2: No. Literally, they'll yell at you right. if you get out of your car. I, the first time I stopped for gas, we That's were going weird. over to New York City. It was like, get in your car. I'm right.
3: like, what? Whoa. And if you're lucky, they might do your windshield.
2: Yeah. If you're lucky. If you're lucky. And,
3: and, I, and I tip and them. Is that do. the whole idea? Well, yeah. That was the idea yeah, back in the do day. do the like windshield. Three check, guys would come out. Check your oil. It was a whole thing. I we did thought- a whole show on vintage Gas station service. And etiquette. And etiquette,
2: yeah. yeah. Well, I can tell you that, uh, back in the old days, they would do all those things. They would check your oil. They would, and the guy came out with a little white hat mm-hmm. and a white little jumpsuit on. Right. And I thought about doing a retro vintage gas station like that, where we did unchecked uh, everything and, and went through the car and tried to talk them into new piece PVC valves that they don't need because <laughs> they're covered in oil, ma'am. Right. You know, and, uh, spray paint the batteries so we could say, here's a brand new battery. <laughs> and all wow. These Little tricks that you do, you yeah, know, it would be retro. No, but what we would we would we would have it old school, where the guys would come out and service your car to whatever degree your car could be serviced, and again, checking the antifreeze, checking the oil level, checking the brake fluid, uh, making sure the air cleaner looks like it's you know not been through the Sahara Desert, Uh and all those things. It would be really cool. So yeah. I, I think we're gonna we're onto something. We we'll,
3: could plug in their OBD port and see if they're
2: throwing any codes. Oh, a code thrower, <laughs> you yeah. (laughs) You're going to need a
3: new oxygen sensor right
2: away. Uh, Using Bluetooth while driving is safe. I got to imagine that that is not the case. Mm -hmm. I think it would, um, you know, obviously any distraction. It's easy to get distracted with your phone, even just glancing at it. You know, and the problem with the, the cell phones are, is that when it. It it's you have a tendency to if it's sitting on the dash or you know on a a vent thing or whatever sitting there on your on, on in your car and it dings like there's a message or something come in you invariably look at it mm-hmm. you can't help yourself but to look at it so uh i think that Absolutely. that's uh one of those things that it's causes distractions that way as well too yep. airbags cause more harm than good that's a myth okay that's true you should warm up your car in cold weather
3: Ooh, we could go on about that
2: one. Porsche says do not even warm up your car. Just Just start start it and go. Go, right. And premium gas makes your car run better. I've got four of my cars are recommended premium gas, which is fun. And if you have a
3: turbocharger, you're supposed to run premium. Yeah,
2: exactly. When we return, we might get through a little bit more. of what we. Oh, we can talk about the Lamborghini movie, too. We'll be back in just a minute with the Classic Automall Podcast.
1: When it
3: comes to car magazines, are you tired of reading about mega-dollar collector cars you can't afford, or endless
1: reporting on auctions and how-to tech stories that don't interest you? Then Crankshaft is the car magazine for you. Crankshaft is a 144-page softcover quarterly filled with all sorts of fascinating stories, the type of car features you won't find anywhere else. It features American and foreign cars, pre- and post-war era cars of distinction including sports cars, muscle cars, and regular family sedans too. To discover what many car enthusiasts are saying is the best car magazine ever published, you can purchase either a single copy for $12.95 plus $3 postage, or a one-year subscription, four issues, for $59.95. To order your copy, go to www.crankshaftmagazine.com. That's www.crankshaftmagazine.com.
3: If you love classic cars, you're going to want to listen to The Classic Car Show with Tom Cox and Richard Lentinello on America's Web Radio, live every Saturday at 9 a.m. Eastern at americaswebradio.com
0: or on demand on your favorite podcast app. You're listening to America's Web Radio on the americasbroadcastnetwork.com. Thank you for listening.
2: And we're back with the Classic Automall podcast from the Classic Mall studio in Morgantown, Pennsylvania. On a beautiful cloudy day, We've got a crowd here today, uh, February the 25th, uh, the Reading Fairgrounds Historical Society is here with their dirt cars and historical cars and, and booths set up with photographs from back in the day and diecast models for sale. And, oh, I might I, have to check that I, out. I, uh, I've already, <laughs> I've already bought a few things. So they have a, a, uh, oh, they have a couple of cars that I really want. A Sunoco Pinsky oh. Ferrari. Not the Camaro, the, oh, the Ferrari. Not the Camaro oh, yeah. or the Porsche? Or the Porsche, the Ferrari. Oh. The one that Kirk White and Roger Penske took over and ran, Le Mans. Okay. You can't say Le Mans unless you want to be a Hilbert. Right. Go say Le Mans. Le Mans. Le Mans. Uh, and, uh, anyway, so they're here this weekend. The Detroit Autorama going on this weekend. Uh, Bill Borneman, our transportation manager is over there. I think he's getting some kind of award too. I have to Was ask that right? about that. Yeah. So Best a uh, car mover. Yeah. <laughs> best stringo, operator, best stringo on the, operator on the planet. Best ponytail. <laughs> best mustache. Best mustache and best ponytail. You know, he stopped cutting his hair during COVID. Did he? Yeah. Oh, he? He was short-haired to get the job, and then he... Yeah, well no, well, no, he was short-haired, and then then COVID came, and his barber kind of went out of business uh-huh. or something, and so uh, all of a sudden he decided he just wasn't going to well, get his
3: haircut. Anymore. He wears it well.
2: Yeah. Also this weekend is the uh, Greensboro Auto Auction GAA Classic Sale down in Greensboro, North Carolina. If you've never been to that sale, they are a dealer auction, you know, a regular late-model car auction, and about three times a year they put on a classic sale. Mm-hmm and they have uh usually it's about 3 days but they built a building a venue just for classic car auctions i mean it's set up with skyboxes and food and and it's just really really well done and the guy um uh green is his name is his last name i can't think of his first name for some reason is Anyway, he, every year improves this facility and just makes it better and better and better and better. And it's just, just ideally suited for a classic car auction. And I think he's added enough buildings that all six or seven hundred cars that they've got for auction are, are under roof and, you know, just, just well done. Just, you know, real customer or customer service centric. Mm-hmm. And, uh, so, Excuse me. They um, so if you get a chance, check them out. Uh, They're on the web. You can you can buy cars from them either in person or online or absentee bidding or any of that good stuff. So, so did we talk about the Lamborghini movie? Not. Have we? we? No. I don't, I can't remember what we, I don't mean N- not, today. Th- not today. Not today. <laughs> no, I know we haven't talked about it today. I don't, wait a minute, <laughs> My long-term loss of short-term memory. Is <laughs> <laughs> no,
3: we have not talked about
2: it. So the Lamborghini, the man behind the legend. So it looks to be an interesting movie. It's about Fruccio Lamborghini and his uh, snubbing from Enzo Ferrari. And he decided to go into business against Enzo Ferrari. Uh, he was in the tractor business and truck business and he decided to go into business against uh, Ferrari, And, you know, you would think with a movie like that, with Lamborghinis, I mean, that in and of itself, it just adds an element that it ought to be pretty easy to make a movie that had Lamborghinis in it, right? right? Mm-hmm. Wouldn't be that difficult. Right. Well, apparently it was. <laughs> so, um, as the guy from Car and Driver Magazine said... The real story of Lamborghini is the stuff of legends, and Sam, And sadly, this film is none of that. <laughs> <laughs> um, it is, uh, let's see, terrible script, poor acting, tra- tragically bad set pieces, laughable racing, and almost mm. zero adherence to history. What year did it come out? Uh, you know? Just this year. Like, oh, yeah. it's brand new? Yeah, it's a brand new movie, yeah. Oh, and... Um, I mean they had they had nineteen fifty four cars cars that came out in nineteen fifty four in nineteen forty seven was when they were racing and they had cars that hadn't even been invented, invented yet or yeah. <laughs> <They were> built? <laughs> built or thought of or whatever mm. and and in the race some dream sequence between Enzo Ferrari and Lamborghini racing has Enzo in a kuntosh and and mm. Ferrari in a mondial mm. <laughs> i mean that, weird yeah doesn't make any sense not not the car that you would pick if you were looking to have a dream sequence with ferrari and lamborghini racing um and but there was a mura in the in the movie which is a beautiful car, maybe one of the prettiest cars ever. Yep. Uh but when it pulled out it looked like it was doing about nine miles an hour when they were showing <laughs> the sequences and the and the engine sounds were off. Oh and, really? Yeah, it was just
3: was this a student film? No. <laughs> it's a real film?
2: Yeah, I, I it was a real film. I yeah. you know, I don't even know what real film means anymore. Right. That's true. Because how do you even reference how successful – you know, it used to be you referenced a movie's success by its box office. Mm-hmm. I think Ford versus Ferrari did $275 million or something, and that's how you referenced how well or how successful a movie was. It wasn't – I mean, it is the winning of awards, but there's a lot of award-winning movies that did terrible at the box office. And that's true. That won an Oscar or won a, you know, whatever, uh, or Golden Globe or whatever uh, because – But, but some of these movies, I mean, the only way to reference is how much money did they take in? And I love it when they say, uh, it brought in 20 million dollars, which is 80 million in today's dollars. It's like, (laughs) okay, no, it isn't. It is. I get it, but I don't get it. You know, it's. But, and so
3: no big stars in this movie.
2: Uh, no, the guy that was played Lamborghini was the guy who played the painter on the, on the series Billions. And of course I'm talking so far beyond what you even know. <laughs> Man, I don't know. And the series Billions was on Showtime and it was a brilliant show and, okay. and, and really, really well done. You know, for a guy who lived in Hollywood and was trying to make yeah. it in the movie business, you have a, your lack of movie knowledge. <laughs> See,
3: I wasn't, I, that's the thing. I wasn't really passionate about the art of the right. movies. I yeah. just wanted to be Elvis. Mm-hmm. I just wanted to be famous and get the girls.
2: Yeah. And the sideburns.
3: And and that won't cut it in Hollywood. (laughs) Not for for very many.
2: There's good singers at Cracker Barrel. You know, I always (laughs) say that. I mean, just because you have talent doesn't mean that. And if you have talent and no real drive and desire, then you're really, (laughs) it's true. You're really in trouble. So, but anyway, um, and of course the Lamborghini movie back to that. I knew it was, I had all these bad reviews and I still wanted to watch it because sure. I'm a degenerate car guy. Car and guy. of course I figured that, you know, how bad can it be when car and driver calls it a total mess? Mm. Uh, somebody said Lamborghini should sue for defamation of character. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
3: they had to give some, some thumbs up or not,
2: not I don't know. I mean, I, I Blessing. would, I would imagine so, but, uh, you no, know, maybe not. Yeah. So I finally drove the new Mercedes. And uh, I found out it's got carbon ceramic brakes. Oh, good. Yeah, because, go easy on them. Yeah. So well, they last longer, uh, but when you yeah, have to replace them, supposedly a hundred thousand miles. Okay. Oh. But they're forty six hundred dollars per rotor. Do I have
3: a change? Of- <laughs> ching. Oh, we do. Where to- is the
2: ching? Is Where, there a ching? I think there was. Does it say? Ch- oh, I don't know? So yeah.
3: Ching. Yeah.
2: Cha-ching. Um. So we're driving up to Redding from here. The first day we drive, uh-huh. and I tell Kathy this, my wife, on the way up, and we're coming off the exit, and I get on the brakes a little bit. She says, "Stay off the brakes," <laughs> just what you said. Her, her exact same thoughts. you the like, money yeah, draining, geez. and you just press the brake. Well, you know that's one of the things that the Ferraris have, and that was one of the things that kind of scared me off from oh, the really? Ferrari. Oh wow! Was these carbon ceramic? It just sounds expensive. Yeah, anything carbon yeah, ceramic? When I expensive. said that to my partner, I said, well, "I said, yeah, it's got carbon ceramic." brakes and he goes what does that mean i go exactly what it sounds like right. expensive right you know carbon ceramic yeah that Light does lightweight, lightweight long lasting so like i said supposedly over a hundred thousand miles okay but somebody's buying them mm-hmm. and not all these cars are getting over a hundred thousand miles so what's interesting about that car too is this is my new s65 twin turbo v12 <laughs> mercedes is that when you let off the brake to go you know most cars kind of go yeah this thing doesn't. Really, you've got to actually give it gas huh. in order for it to move. You can let the brake off, and it barely will even move. It's just that it's geared almost as a manual transmission. I would take
3: it back. Auto- <laughs> I think something's wrong.
2: <laughs> no, there's nothing wrong with it. <laughs> it's supposed to coast. When you take it yeah, from. it it it's it's like a gator. Have you ever driven a gator when you let oh, yeah, the sure, gas? They just is. slam on the. Bra- it, it doesn't slam on the brakes, but right. it just retards the right. engine or whatever right. it does. And so anyway. um, so I noticed, um, oh, oh, and my new favorite series just came out today too, Drive to Survive, the Netflix series on Formula One. Okay. And, uh, and if you haven't seen this, their season five has just started, which would be, uh, talking about last year's season. And it's an inside look at Formula One racing. And they did one for NASCAR, which I haven't seen. Mm-hmm. And then I saw one last night they did for golf, which is kind of behind the scenes and looking at these golfers and thinking these guys got a, t- yeah.
3: <laughs> do I have a sound effect? For-
2: yeah the crickets that was crickets by the way for those of you didn't know um and so the, this drive to survive is fascinating. It's behind the scenes look at Formula One, the circus that it is. And they also, like I said, did it for NASCAR and then they did it for golf. And I watched a few of the golf ones and these poor guys, these golfers, you know, all they're doing is flying around in private jets everywhere they mm-hmm. go. And same with the Formula One guys. I mean, when you race in Australia one day and, you know, America the next day and Europe, not the next day, but next week sure, or two sure. weeks, it's a long way to get there. You know, you can't be on, you know, coach United Airlines <laughs> trying to get there. So. Uh, but anyway, the first race of the season is coming up um, March the 5th in Bahrain. And then the first U.S. race this year, w- which there will be three, is going to be in Miami on May the 7th. They're racing Miami, Austin, and Vegas. I'm not Austin, sure in that order. Right. Austin, Texas. They've been racing there for five years. Where have okay. you been? Or six years. CODA. <clears throat> circuit of the Americas. Okay. i got to get you some reading material. I'm getting, I'm getting <laughs> learned. i got to get you some kind of reading material. So I noticed something the other day when I was somewhere, and I don't know where I was, but how about the fact that every electric truck or SUV has extra electrical lights on it to make like the whole nose is like a headlight and the whole rear is a taillight. Yeah. But this is an electric car that relies solely on things that that is. So wouldn't you have less electrical things on an electric car? Well, this is a great point. (laughs) I've noticed that too. Like they're lit up. They're, they're lit, lit
3: up. up. They're really lit up. Though. Over lit up. I, but it's LEDs, and so they didn't draw that much.
2: But or... it still draws more than not having it. <laughs> it's not nothing. Like it's, like they should have less lights. They should have less lights. lights when you're on oh, an electric funny. car. See, I'm, it is ironic. Yeah, the the irony is dripping here. Yes. <laughs> so I would think that that would be the thing. But we'll see. Electric cars keep being the the bane of whatever we keep talking about. What's it, the
3: pickup truck with the oval? It has oval headlights. Rivian? Is that uh, the Rivian, yeah. it's a Rivian? Yeah.
2: strange looking. strange-looking strange strange looking truck. But I tell you, the new Silverado looks good. The electric Silverado looks good. The Ford Lightning looks pretty much like an F-150. But why mess with that, you know, really? Yeah. The F-150 is only the number one selling vehicle probably of all time. Right. Other than the that little orange and yellow pedal thing that the kids had.
3: Oh, right. What were those? Aren't uh,
2: the, a big wheel. No, not the big wheel. That was the three-wheeled plastic wheel. Wheels. Yeah, you said orange and yellow pedal thing. That's, no. To me, that's a big wheel. I, I'm talking about the one that had the roof over it. Uh, oh, uh,
3: yeah, the, yeah, 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 oh, yeah. The kitty car, the yeah. toy.
2: Yeah. Oh, that's like we the one. that's like the number one selling car. Because <laughs> <laughs> they don't, you know, you're not specific about how or why or what that's or funny. when or so. Um,. You know, it was funny. We're talking about the Riddler and how many hours guys put into these cars and building these cars. It always cracks me up when when a car is advertised with 4,000 hours of labor to put this car together. You mm-hmm. think, that's a lot of time. I mean, if you work 80 hours a week. Yeah. But they,
3: but it's it might be three guys working on it. I know at the I know. same time. So I don't they, mean it's exactly. one guy. No. I know that it's a long time. It's a long time into these cars. Mm-hmm. It takes a long time to get metal work just right.
2: Well, especially if you're using a English wheel or trying yeah. to build something that's not that doesn't exist, mm-hmm. like the Ring Brothers do. Have you seen the stuff that these guys build? Oh my God, they build these custom cars for SEMA and, mm-hmm. and shows and things like that, and they are just. So well done. They just did a blazer that if you get a chance, ringbrothers.com or just Google ringbrothers, you'll, you'll find their website. Right. And this blazer they built, it has these leather straps on the hood that are just really cool and industrial looking and, and they just build these things to their own taste and their own colors and they're just, they're like singer Porsches. Mm, right. Those singer Porsches are unbelievable. Amazing. Yeah. And a lot of the purists hate the singer Porsches because they, they say they disrupt the harmony of altered. the altered 9-11. Yep. You know, Beautiful air stuff. Air cooled, you know, whatever. And, uh, but they make amazing cars and they're, they're absolutely gorgeous. You're right. So when we return, uh, more fascinating uh, banter between Steve and I, we'll see you in a minute on the classic automobile podcast. See ya.
1: If you want the truth about politics, medicine, weapons, classic cars and more, you'll want to tune in to America's web radio. You can listen to all of your favorite shows live at www.americaswebradio.com or on demand on iTunes, Spotify, or your favorite podcast app. That's www.americaswebradio.com. It's a museum, it's a showroom, it's an experience. The Classic Auto Mall in Morgantown, Pennsylvania is 336,000 square feet of rare, custom, and specialty automobiles on display and on consignment. From the earliest production cars to modern exotics, Classic Auto Mall is a feast for the eyes and the memories. Stroll through time in any season in this climate-controlled facility that you simply have to see to believe. Admission is free. Just remember to bring comfortable shoes.
0: You're listening to America's Web Radio on the AmericasBroadcastNetwork.com. Thank you for listening. And we're back with a classic Auto Mall podcast,
2: uh, just talking about cars in general and fun things. And we got um, – we talked about this before, but I don't know if you saw this. The Barrett-Jackson sale, I was going through their results uh, from almost now about three weeks ago in Scottsdale. Did you see the 81 Camaro that sold there? No. a $107,800 with uh, reserve why i mean with the commission it yeah. was just perfectly restored they're giving some love to the 81 camaro wow i mean think about it that's that's all the money and then some for an mm. 81 camaro mm-hmm. unless it's resto-modded with some kind of craziness and all that but to a stock back to a stock 81 camaro that's pretty darn amazing uh it was obviously freshly restored it had the 57 liter v8 would it have had the 57 in 81 yeah it would it's The 350 it wouldn't have been the 305 in 81.
3: 81. 81. still the same body yeah, style? Yeah, yeah. that late yeah, 70s? Yeah,
2: 81. Wow. 82 was the last year for that body style. Oh, okay. And then 83 was that new kind of wedge-nosed one. Sort of uh, like the, the Trans Am. Yeah, which I didn't care for oh, right. so, as much. Um, but uh, three-speed automatic, charcoal gray, which is a interesting color on those. If it's, if it's kept up. Mm -hmm. Um, Hmm. but yeah, to get that kind of money, that's amazing. It really is. Uh, Who would have thought? Because you can get those for fifteen hundred bucks about thirty years ago, right? How about an IROC? Yeah, how? Yeah, all day long, an IROC Z convertible, one hundred and two thousand with five hundred fifty-seven actual miles. Low mileage is king on these later model cars. Nineties and people say, well, my car. Is, doesn't have 557 miles on it. It's got 50,000. So it ought to be worth what? 50 <laughs> grand because that one's worth 100? No, 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 no. Right. No, 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 no. Your car is more than likely worth about
3: 15000 So when stuff like this happens, you'll get calls from people. Hey, right. I got an 81 yeah. Camaro. I'm
2: thinking I'm, I'm going to raise my reserve right. is what we get calls from. A guy will say, I got that 81 Camaro there. I think I'm going to have to mm-hmm. raise the price a little bit. No, don't do that because we've had it here for how long and it hasn't <laughs> sold? Right. And that's not going to help it for selling. Although I have raised prices on a car and then sold it. Right. Really? Yeah. <laughs> you said right, and then you thought, yeah, then I what thought, the wait, heck wait, did wait, he yeah, just that's, say? That's backwards. <laughs> that's irony. Mm-hmm. We had a car one time, 70 z Z28, Mulsanne Blue, 4-speed, mm-hmm. 350, LT, blah, 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 everything on it. We were asking like $37,000. We weren't getting any activity at all. And I said, just for... S's and giggles. Uh-huh. <laughs> uh, we put it on the market at 49. Got three calls that day. Wow. Guy offered us 45 in one day. Wow. So how do you know? How do it know? Right. Uh, Barrett also sold a, and these numbers are starting to climb too, a 69 DZ302Z28. Uh, complete nut and bolt restoration. Jerry McNish certified, which is, Jerry McNish is the, uh, the, Car The Camaro Chevelle guru, uh, he'll document what your car is and what it isn't. Mm-hmm. He'll tell you things about your car that you would have never known or never right. thought of. And unfortunately, he didn't tell you that before you bought it sometimes. Uh, we had to have him certify an LS6 Chevelle convertible that we sold. That turned out not to be an LS6. It had a protecto plate right. from a dealership in Indianapolis. Yet, when we finally got in touch with the original owner... He bought his car in Indianapolis, but not at that dealership, at the one across town. And it was a, it was a different color, and it wasn't an LS6, and it was a convertible, but it was a, you know, it was the lowest horsepower, Mm -hmm. two-speed automatic you know so right. but but Jerry McNish came out to certify what we did or didn't have cuz you know we wanted to make sure we knew what we were doing before we gave a guy his money back yeah. um cuz we had sold it you know based on his matching numbers and all that and so he came out and told us all kinds of things about it including the fact that it wasn't real and uh, so we ended this up...
3: it happens rare it's rare
2: that it happens it's rare it, but it happens. it happens do your homework though mm-hmm. if you're going to buy a high dollar matching numbers car uh, you've got to really know what you're looking for. And if you don't, you need to find somebody who does. You've got to see all the numbers and make sure that they are original numbers cast, you know, stamped into the block and not re-stamped, which we have seen from time to time. Uh Because when these cars start getting expensive like they are, mm-hmm. um, then all of a sudden – um, foolery checks in and, you know, people start doing things that maybe they wouldn't have thought about doing before. Uh, another 67 Camaro Z28, 214000 Um And a Z28 and 67, that's a pretty, you don't see many of those. They didn't make many of those. Mm-hmm. And that's McNish certified. Certified. and Certified? <laughs> certified. It's, <laughs> certified. Hard yeah. it's hard to say. Four-speed manual. Lots of awards. Sold new in Lebanon, PA, at William Chevrolet. You know what's funny is lots of high-performance Chevrolet products were sold in Pennsylvania. Yanko. Yanko's here. Yep. Yanko. And, uh, you know, this one, obviously, just mm-hmm. because it happened to be in PA, this is maybe just an a, a anomaly. But, but the fact that a lot of the high performance race, race Chevrolets that you, that, you know, somehow people figured out these Copo Camaros that you could order an engine that you couldn't get just off the regular order form. You had to have a central office production mm-hmm. order and you had to know somebody who knew somebody. And boy, if you did, you were in good shape because you could get a, you know, a really cool car that nobody else knew about or thought about. See, I didn't think about that stuff back then. I've said this before. Right. I wasn't thinking about that this one had the better higher horsepower engine, or this would be collectible in the future, or is that the original motor in it? Who cared? I just wanted the cool looking Trans Am. I mean, these cars that you're talking about
3: with Barrett Jackson have, some of them have super low miles. So somebody tucked them away and just knew that someday this, they would fetch some change.
2: Yeah. Yeah. I guess, or somebody, I mean, it's like anything people Mm -hmm. collect things for odd reasons. Mm -hmm. Not always the, the, the right reason, but you know, that's okay. for whatever reason it happens. So, um, we've got uh, uh some interesting auctions coming up in the next couple of weeks Amelia Island one uh Gooding and uh RM and Broad Arrow all have three have auctions in, in Amelia Island at the Concord that is owned by Haggerty now and uh, there's some pretty amazing cars that they have coming up for the sale i know that RM has some uh really terrific uh cars that are as collectible as the day is long um a nice ferrari dino that's 650 to 750,000 mm. uh estimate <laughs> uh, an acr voodoo edition viper 275 to 325 um a bugatti chiron 2.7 to 3 million dollars <laughs> that's hard to even say um They've got some really fantastic stuff. Uh and of course Broad Arrow does too and Gooding does too. Gooding's got a Ferrari that's close to twenty million and RM's got a two fifty G T long wheelbase California Spider uh that's eight to eleven million. Mm. But they also have a nineteen thirty four Tatra T seventy seven. You ever seen one of those? No. Very bizarre looking. Um so, you know, it's going to be interesting. The, the market is going to be, uh, speaking in the next couple of weeks, uh, down in the media. How about a 95 Ferrari F50. Big money. 4.7 to 6 million sure. is the estimate. Sure. New, I think you could buy them for four or 500,000. Mm-hmm. So, you know.
1: Good there's investment. Yeah.
2: If again you had to you had to buy it, you had to insure it, you had to maintain it, you had to hold on to it, you had to not get divorced, you had to not have a fire, <laughs> had to not have a flood, not have a tornado, not have a second divorce? Second divorce, not wreck it, not uh have the the barn cave. I mean there's a gazillion things. Yeah. Not a gazillion. I told you once, I told you a million times. Don't exaggerate. <laughs> um but, you know, there's a lot of things that can go wrong. How about a two thousand ten pagani Zonda? Mhm. Revolution specification—that's mm. the name of the car. Yeah, uh, four point eight to six point eight million. Yeah, those are just insane. <laughs> how, I, can you imagine raising your hand? No, uh, not yet. Yeah, yeah. We'll yeah. See, how it goes. see how this <laughs> yeah, year goes. See how the podcast works out for us. <laughs> yeah, you never know. Maybe we'll uh, we'll become world famous for this. Doubtful if we keep just blabbering on like we do. Speaking so. of which, yes,
3: uh, I'm getting notices finally—or um, not finally, but. So early for from Haggerty saying, "Hey, the uh Greenwich Concourse is coming up, yeah, and here's your chance to get tickets and all that stuff. So I'm yeah. excited about that this year, yeah, Are we gonna you think we'll have a presence there? Well, we're still working that on the no
2: <laughs> thanks a lot, Steve yeah. <laughs> no, we're I mean, we're looking to we're still in talks with them about doing a bunch of different things, and mm-hmm. we just haven't finalized everything, and the problem is is that. It's like anything. You get busy. It's just, yeah. you know, there. Are, your day to day stuff just takes up your whole day, and then by the time you get to doing stuff like that and thinking about the future, mm-hmm. um, you know, another day comes and goes. So I think that uh, you know, it's one of those things that we hope to do something with them, and we hope that we'll figure it out sooner rather than later. And uh, for
3: people in the Philadelphia area, we drove up there from Bucks County last year. We were there in less than ninety minutes. Yeah, it's. Right up the street, and we yeah. came back. It was a day trip. We did the the Sunday, I think it was, and then and then came back, and it was a a fantastic day. The weather was perfect. Yeah,
2: I mean, it's not always perfect in that part of the world, True. unfortunately. Uh But uh, boy, oh boy, oh boy, it was perfect then, and you know, it's nice. Greenwich is a cool place to be. Places. It's
3: worth driving up there just for the parking lot. Oh yeah. Outside of the, of the Concorde. And then if you buy yourself in, or buy a ticket and go in, yeah. then you're, you get two car shows for the price of one. Absolutely.
2: Um Broad Arrow, the other auction company that's a million, has got a 1968 Porsche 907K, 4.5 to 5.5 million. And the 1994 911 Turbo S Flak Bow, which is the slant nose, okay. 1.1 to 1.3 million. Man, now that's one. Not that long ago, you could have bought and yeah. put it away. Mm-hmm. And uh, oh my God, they've also got a. This is funny. A 1991 AMG Mercedes 6.0 liter wide body coupe. Oh, I've seen those. Like the almost like the hammer. Would that have been the hammer? Yeah. Maybe I don't know. Seven fifty to eight hundred fifty thousand hmm. dollars. Wow, Isn't that amazing.
3: We get one of those at Radwood sometimes. Yeah, wide mm-hmm. body.
2: Yeah, it's, uh, it's, it's funny. The, the prices of some of these later model cars and Porsches and Ferraris and stuff are really, really starting to, to go even more, I think, than most people even predicted. And, well, it's uh, like
3: you said, the, the economy doesn't affect the, the wealthy collector.
2: It doesn't seem to be. And I always say that, you know, just like the Great Depression, you know, there was mm-hmm. what, 30% unemployment, but was there 70% employment? Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, if there's 30% unemployment, then that would leave. Yeah. 70%. People working, right? and then there were... Yeah. I mean, things were, you know, jumping out of window bad, but... Uh, right. <laughs> oh, here's a... Uh, Broad Arrow's also got a 92 Porsche 928 GTS. There you go. That's There's a, your next car. Ah, the last iteration of the 928. <laughs> What's the estimate on 175 that?
3: 175 to
2: 225. See, that's affordable. You no, know, it's not. <laughs> I mean, sort of. your collection, uh, and get your the G- dream 928. I know, but then I wouldn't have the others, and, you know, so... Mm-hmm. And, you know, so anyway, if you get a chance, Amelia Island, if you've never been to that, or Greenwich, Mm -hmm. Uh, two wonderful events that you don't want to miss, and the one right in our backyard... Uh, uh, radnor Radner, Radner Hunt Concorde Allegance. Right. And that's right here in September, I believe it is. And we'll participate in that as we have every year. We will cross our fingers for good weather. <laughs> oh, Yeah. Cause you don't want to be on a slippery slope of grass with wet grass with a high horsepower car that you're trying to, that's got a manual transmission.
3: Yeah. They're basically pasture <laughs> for horses <laughs> yeah. that they make into yeah. a car show. And
2: all of a sudden, oh, just put your car here. Don't worry about it. It'll be fine.
3: You know, you know Maserati MC20 sinking uh, in the mud. Oh.
2: Well, you know, what's cracked, pretty thing. you know what is funny to me about these Concordia elegances is that they are generally held on water. Like there's a pond Near, or water. Yeah, yeah. On and, the coast. Yeah. And so, you know, it leads you to wonder what would happen if one of these cars accidentally slipped out of the gear. If you notice <laughs> that all the guys are required to have fire extinguishers and they use those as wheel chocks right, at these right. Concordia elegances. For sure. Because it's just a, but there was a guy, uh, Wayne Carini's friend – Uh, I can't remember his name. Ralph uh, Murano, sorry. And uh, one of his Packards, I believe... Mm -hmm. And Amelia, uh, got away and rolled into the water and oh sunk. And he had to restore it. And you can only imagine a car that's been totally submerged in water. Flood vehicle. Was, uh, it was easy to restore. Right. <laughs> I can't imagine that it was. Anyway, uh, enough of this jibber jabber. We will, uh, be back next week with, uh, I think we may have a guest next all week. All right. So you and I won't have to just carry the whole show, Steve. Cause remember that you know, people I know can
3: listen to old shows on America's Web yeah. and Spotify and Apple, Apple, Apple. iPod
2: and all. Yeah. iPod. iPod. (laughs) Podcast. (laughs) Wake up. And and also uh, on YouTube, too, as well. That's right. Go to our website, ClassicAutoMall.com. And uh, if you've got a question for the show, podcast at ClassicAutoMall.com. And uh, we'll talk to you next week. See you then.
1: We appreciate you listening to our show. And don't forget to come visit us in person next time you're in southeastern Pennsylvania. Admission is free, and our hours are on our website, ClassicAutoMall.com. You can reach us by telephone at 888-227-0914 or via email at info at ClassicAutoMall.com. To reach the show, email us at podcast at ClassicAutoMall.com. The Classic Auto Mall podcast is produced by CarSmarts Media with music by the Pat Travers Band.
0: You're listening to America's Web Radio on the AmericasBroadcastNetwork.com. Thank you
2: for listening.